The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, July 28th, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7. Friday is here. Well, that means the weekend is upon us finally. Uh, been, a, been a busy, crazy week around here, and it will, been, be, uh, will be for the foreseeable future pretty much until uh pretty much until may because uh football season right around the corner we're getting everything ready here on our end for uh what is now your uh, official flagship stations in auburn opelika for the auburn sports network so getting all of that ready for auburn football that starts on september 2nd uh tiger talk show that'll air that week as well Uh, also getting ready for uh high school sports lee scott gets going on august 17th they have uh their fall practice begins next week Uh, auburn high will start on august 25th so trying to get everything ready for that just a lot of moving parts going on around the stations right now uh so very thankful for uh for this upcoming weekend need a couple of days to kind of reset but lots to talk about here on the show today as we are 36 days away uh, from the start of Auburn football university football that is Uh, fall camp begins next week and so uh, excited to kind of preview that huge weekend this weekend though here on the plains as big cat weekend is happening for Auburn football and Hugh Freeze and this entire staff Uh, a massive list of guys that are going to be here momentum is with Auburn as much as it possibly can be the vibes are high this weekend uh, with the commitment of Demarcus Riddick we'll talk some more about that and preview Big Cat weekend uh, talk about all the guys who were here who could commit how many we might see commit this weekend Uh, so we'll talk a lot about that on the show today we also are uh, going to talk about some of the conference realignment stuff. Haven't had a chance to talk about yeah. that. Uh, there's just so much news with that going on right now. So definitely want to uh, talk about that, how it impacts Auburn, how it impacts the SEC, uh, how it impacts college football coming up over the next few years. So we'll talk about that as well. So that's what's on the docket for today. It's a Friday afternoon. That means the phone lines are wide open. So we'd love to hear from you. 334 321 that number again 334-321-1390 your thoughts comments questions concerns on a friday afternoon we want to hear from you as we get into the weekend uh carter happy friday brother hope all is well oh yeah man it's it's great to be here it's good to uh go into another great weekend here at the auburn sports network it feels like we've the sky's been hinting at rain for like a little bit, but mm-hmm. then it clears up, and I'm I don't know whether it's going to thunderstorm or not. I've 
I've uh, I haven't looked at the weather, man. That's the first time I've sat down all day. I've heard thunder <laughs> like throughout the last like forty eight hours, and I haven't really seen all the rain to go with it. So, uh, so I'm waiting for, for for that shoe shoe to drop. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I'm not sure what it's going to do this weekend. I and we'll talk about this in a little bit, uh, but. I am going to be in Atlanta this weekend. I'm going with my family. Uh, my parents are driving from Birmingham. Uh, my older sister driving from North Alabama, and of course, me driving from Auburn. Uh, we are well. We look growing up. We've always taken like a family vacation, right? Normally, try to go to the beach or something for a week. I know a lot of families do that. Uh, but now that uh, my sister and I are older, you know, adults doing this whole adulting thing, and uh, just not adults having doing the whole adulting thing. I know it's man it's terrible having real life jobs and, and problems right and responsibilities uh the fact that the two of us are older now and my two younger sisters are you know travel softball and gymnastics and just everybody's going a million different directions at a million miles an hour and so it's really hard for the six of us to all get together and so uh this was the only weekend we could do it and we're just going to go uh, to atlanta for the weekend so excited for that going to go to a braves game tomorrow night when the brewers come to town so excited to uh, get back over there i haven't been to a game in years man it's been years since i've been to a braves game so it's been a while for for me as well i've I, i've kind of the last few years keep saying well i guess that's not true i went and saw the braves play in wrigley oh. against the cubs during the pandemic which was such a weird experience because it was like quarter full mm. i was supposed to see the braves play at city field in new york uh when i was up there but the plans fell through uh, I, i've seen was, the cubs play more recently than the braves I, I got to watch them sweep the uh, Cardinals on the first weekend that Chicago uh, opened back up Okay, uh, on that Sunday, and good old Wrigley was absolutely rocking, and it was it was that game that pushed the Cubs into first place, and they're yeah. like, heck yeah, we aren't supposed to be good, but look at us in first place, and then I think they finished like 15 games back of first in their division at the yeah. end of the year. yeah. Sounds like the Cubs, doesn't it? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we uh, do our question of the day on a Friday. We always talk about what we're looking forward to most for the weekend. I'll tell you during that, the last Braves game that I went to, I've been thinking about this, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, on the last Braves game that I got to see in person in Atlanta. So I'll tell you about that coming up in a little bit. But again, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. Carter, let's jump into it. Big Cat Weekend. It's massive. It's a huge, huge day tomorrow. Christian was telling us about it earlier this week. It's Big Cat Weekend, but it's really Big Cat Day, which is tomorrow. The players are here throughout the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, something along those lines. But the day is tomorrow where the families are here, the players are here, the coaches are there everybody's hanging out you're having fun you're doing different activities it's not really about football right you're not watching film you're not running routes you're not lifting weights you're not really doing any of that stuff this is a fun time for everybody to come together and the big part that stands out to me Carter I've talked about this multiple times is the families are here as well I think that is a very underrated aspect that people don't talk about enough with an event like Big Cat Weekend where there's a lot of other big schools in this conference having things going on this weekend but Auburn's list is one of the best ones out there of the guys that are going to be on campus this weekend for Big Cat and the momentum I mentioned it already the momentum with the DeMarcus Riddick commitment is felt across the city right now yeah I mean 100% I mean I you you 
uh, what I find interesting is you you kind of find out who wants to be there. And uh, when I look at that, I, I think about a guy like DeAndre Carter from modern day out in Ca- Southern California. He's coming across the country for his second visit to Auburn in a few weeks' time. That's pretty impressive to mm-hmm. me. And, and that tells me, hey, he wants to be here. He wants to... Uh, come experience Big Cat Weekend, be around the commits, be around the staff. And, man, it wouldn't shock me to see some serious momentum picked up by this this Auburn class this weekend. Uh, I don't know if you saw Walker White's post I on did. Twitter at all. He has four Auburn pendants. Like, when we say a pendant, what is that going to go on that's what i'm that's what i'm curious about Mm -hmm. it's like it's not like they're they're too big to be earrings maybe hang it in your hang it on a necklace maybe on a necklace or maybe even hang it from like a rear view mirror in your car possibly yeah but then nobody's gonna see it unless they're in your car you do (laughs) they see it uh i think it's got to be on a necklace but he's got four of them and he said that they are for uh, any 24 players that commit this week, the 2024 class. Uh, and there's some names that could absolutely jump on board. Honestly, there's got to be a little concern of uh, not does Walker White pendants. have enough? Yeah, uh, he will He will find some more. I if, mean, if, if that, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> the, the, it was pretty soon after he posted that that Malik blocked it and responded to it and was like, hey, I want one. Like, where's mine? Right. And honestly, I I think it'd be really funny. It'd be very, very funny to see like Malik blocked and be like, you know what? I want that pendant so bad. I'm gonna decommit and then recommit and then this recommit. Week. <laughs> well, if uh, if any jewelers out there see Walker White this weekend rush through your doors looking for something, then uh, you know it was probably a pretty good weekend for Auburn. Um, you look at just the names that are going to be here for Auburn on Big Cat Weekend. And and there's some articles. There's great articles out there. Uh, we always pump 247 because that's, you know, we have Christian on. The Drive always has uh, Jason Caldwell on. Uh, all those guys do just a fantastic job. Um, and you look at the list of guys that are going to be here for Auburn it's unbelievable the amount of players that are just going to be on campus. And you and we'll talk about the guys that we think could commit or, or will commit this weekend. But you already mentioned DeAndre Carter. You look at Malcolm Simmons, Perry Thompson, Reese Baker, right? You look at uh, Ja'Caleb Falk. There's even some 2025 guys in, in this list as well this weekend that are going to be here. Hey, so um, you're missing... The biggest headliner to me. I mean, Perry Thompson. Riddick and Perry Thompson on campus, that's huge. K.J. Bolden on campus, that's enormous. But maybe back of my mind, there's a name on that 25 list that jumps out to me at the very top. Ryan Williams. Yep. Scheduled to be here. If he makes it, that is huge. But that is the one that right now I have circled in that 25 class, that if you can go land him with the fact that he's an Auburn legacy, his dad played at Auburn, he's the Alabama commit, 
a lot of people think as a junior in high school, he's the best receiver in the country right now. If you can go land him, man, 25, there is no limit to who you can go land if you go flip him from from Alabama. Just so many big names. And the ones, yeah, you're 100% right about the 2025 guys. Uh, But I feel like Auburn fans... They're worried about the 2024 guys. They want to start now and then worry about 2025 when it comes along. Obviously, uh, the coaches have to think farther ahead than that. But our listeners, and and for the sake of conversation here, uh, we can talk about the 2024 guys. You mentioned K.J. Bolden, Perry Thompson, uh, Demarcus Riddick, who already committed to Auburn um, earlier this week. The very, very outspoken Walker White, the quarterback from Little Rock, Arkansas, is going to be here. Joseph Phillips scheduled to be here. He's committed already to Auburn. Lots of commits that are going to be here. I mean, I look at I look at this list. You're looking at, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that are scheduled to be here this weekend that are already committed to Auburn. And some of uh, some of you out there may be saying, well. Why is that important? Why are so many of them? Why is it important that guys that are already committed, why is it important they're going to be here? Because that means they're extra recruiters. They're extra staff members yeah. to help you recruit the 100%. other 20, 25 guys that haven't committed already. And there's even more than that as you look down the list. So Between Demarcus Riddick, between Joseph Phillips, Walker White, Jalen Crawford, those are your highest of the high-end guys yep. that are committed to your program right now. Those all carry weight. We know Jaden Lewis, Amon Lane, been committed forever. They're going to be up there at the top, to, uh, talking to all these guys, recruiting them. Jamarian Burnett, he's been very, very fat. Burnett, very vocal mm-hmm. on Twitter about landing guys. He's he's done a great job. Maybe there was a little bit of um, what kind of feels like what you're going through with with his cousin Alvin Henderson. A little bit of this like kind of cat and mouse game about when he's going to commit. Once he committed, man, he's been locked in. He's been as vocal a part of this class as anybody in there. But Kinsley Fauston, Bryce Kane, DJ Barber, Malik Blockton, uh, Martavius Collins, that's the whole class, I mm-hmm. think. I think that's the entire class. Unless I, 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 there might be one missing that I that I'm not thinking of right now. I count three guys on the list that are commits elsewhere. Right, you yeah. have an Alabama commit, you have a Georgia commit, you even have a Louisville commit. The four-star running back Duke Watson, who's going to be here, and that is huge because you're committed to another school, but yet on the biggest weekend of recruiting in the SEC, where Alabama's having their thing, uh, Georgia's having their thing. I think uh, Chris was telling us that LSU and A and M are having their things this weekend. You have three guys that are committed to other schools, two of those in the Southeastern Conference, and they're scheduled to be in Auburn and the big one we've had a lot of questions about is Perry Thompson is well if he's committed to Alabama and he's expected to do something on July 29th according to him and his social media why would he be in Auburn well I keep telling you hold on to that thought and and (laughs) just wait until tomorrow and we'll see what happens right but it's important to have guys that are already committed to this program going to be here. You've got a couple guys in the 2025 class that are committed to you that are going to be here. Uh, the big one, Malik Autry from right down the road here in Opelika, the four-star defensive line. You even have two guys from 2026 and the star quarterback from Thompson in 2027 that's going to be here as well. Trent so, Seaburn. He's, he's he, so good, man. It's unbelievable. I'm so, like, unlike some of these other 
really, really, really dumb things I see on social media where you've got like literal 12 and 13 year olds being like number one quarterback <laughs> in the class of 2031. This guy's at least proven it. Yeah, like he was a stud as a daggum 14 year old at the highest class in in the state of Alabama going to get some really good teams and in a state where I think and you're seeing it, there's consistency. Last year's class was the best we've seen in a long time. This year's class is not as good as last year's class, but, man, the top is super deep. The very top of the class in this state, uh, maybe it's not as deep on the offensive line and on the defensive line, which is a little bit of a downer. We heard Christian talk about it at the beginning of the week. The 25 class has a chance to be better than that 20. Three class, which was in the, this state. the best that came through, we think. I mean, since at, since a, at a minimum the Julio Jones class, yeah, and absolutely. I think it was better than that class. I and mean, I, I think last year's class was the best, was the best uh, class to come out of the state of Alabama in twenty plus years, if not more. And according to Christian, twenty five has a chance to be better. Well, look at the amount of twenty five guys that are going to be here: two, four, six, eight. I mean, there's going to be. 2025 guys here just in the 2025 class i mean there is going to be some big huge names on campus for big cat weekend and we can talk about what the recruiting pitch is going to be what the momentum is going to be like and what we think could happen for big cat weekend when we come back as we're off and running here on the friday edition of on the line give us a call we want to hear from you on a friday afternoon 334-321-1390 On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line 334-321-1390 and a familiar name giving us a call. Former intern Graham wants to talk a little Auburn football recruiting. What's going on, man? Hey guys, what's going on? How have things been? Oh, things you know, been great, man. it's it's been terrible since you left. We're pretty miserable that you're not here, and uh, we've considered quitting multiple times, but we're still here. All right, well, you know, you guys keep doing your thing. You'll be all right. I'll visit at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> well, what's up, man? What's on your mind? Yeah, so you know, I, I tuned in today, and I just heard you guys talking, and I uh, I thought it was interesting. You said there's some guys that already have committed places, or maybe whether it's verbal or you know you're doing all this. So, do you see? Any of those guys, just in your opinion, making that switch? Do you think that's the reason that they're still, you know, they're not quite sure where they're committed to, so they want to check Auburn out, or right. I'm not sure how that how that works necessarily. I was just curious. I thought that was interesting. Well, I think there is a, you know, so the, to my count, there are three guys committed to other places that'll be on campus, and a combination of 2024 and 2025. Uh, the big one that everybody is is jacked up about right now is the five-star receiver Perry Thompson in 2024, who's been a long-time Alabama commit, and I mentioned it once and you know a lot of people are they're raising the question well if he's committed to Alabama then why is he going to be in Big Cat in Auburn this weekend when Alabama's having their big thing this weekend so 
the the consensus is and the feeling is that there's a good chance that he does flip but you never know and he may not show up you never know what's going to happen but I think that is obviously a good sign Graham when when you've got a player who's committed to Alabama Louisville or even Georgia there's a guy in 2025 who's committed to Georgia that'll be here this weekend doesn't mean that they'll have to commit this weekend but it's a pretty good sign that when they have the option to go to their school that they're committed to that they are going to be in Auburn Right, right. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't know. Like, you know, a lot of the guys know I, I'm a wrestler or whatever, and I just feel like that kind of stuff, I guess, doesn't happen. Like, I feel like if, if I was committed somewhere or somebody was committed somewhere, they wouldn't be going out doing other things. Mm-hmm. But I yep. know football's a lot bigger and well, different. Well, when you look at Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, that's a huge thing for him is once you commit to Clemson, you don't go visit other places. So, so I can talk on this from experience because, I mean, I've followed re- recruiting for a long time and I was – Well, you played. Uh, I mean, you played yeah, college and, baseball. And, and I was – I committed to Tulane. And, like, in different sports, the mentality, how the process is different. Like, there's an – unspoken rule in uh, the baseball world that once a kid commits somewhere, he's committed there and like nobody really messes with him because that was something that there was some shakiness, I guess, with my commitment to Tulane because of the amount of money it was going to cost me uh, to go there. And so, I mean, I went to an Alabama camp, loved Mitch Gasper, the, the old coach there. I think he's a great person. Um, and it was just like in a conversation just where I was like, yeah, like I, you're an awesome dude. Like I would love to play with you one day. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I would, he was basically told me, Hey, you can't, we, we aren't going to touch you while you're committed somewhere else because that's just the way baseball works. I was like, huh, I never really knew that. But so I ended up not going to Alabama or Tulane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. From a wrestling standpoint, and I guess this may not have been a rule, but I guess in my head, I was just under the assumption, like, once you were committed somewhere, like, I didn't even attempt to look anywhere else. Not because I, you know, I was happy with where I committed to, whatever, whatever, but, yeah. like, I guess I thought you couldn't, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. I never heard that until just now. I've never heard of that anywhere. Well, I mean, once, you know, once paper, pen to paper is a thing, that's a different story, but a verbal commit is just a verbal commit, right? I mean, that's it's... Fair, that's fair. And every, you know, every school and every kid is different, but but Graham, I've always been under the under the impression in my opinion is until you are signed, sealed and delivered, just because you're committed somewhere, I mean, you're dealing with 17-, 18-year-old kids, right, that are making a decision that impacts their families and their future, and they should be able to to go where they want and do what they want and talk to who they want to make a completely educated and formed decision uh, before they do put the eventual pen to paper so not everybody agrees with that again Clemson is very very hard on if you commit to us you don't go visit other places and I understand why that is but again you're dealing with an 18 year old kid who I think should have all the tools and use all of his resources before making a life-changing decision right absolutely well cool well, yeah, well, that's interesting. I hope it works out. I'm excited to kind of tune in next week and see see where that goes for you guys because that's that's kind of cool. That could be big news. Yeah, I, I would say when you talk to us next week, Graham, there will be, I'll say, at least three new members of the Auburn re- recruiting class. All right, right on. Well, we'll, yeah, we'll find out. I'll tune in next week for sure, guys. Sounds good, Appreciate man. Good it, to Graham. talk to you, Graham.
That is Graham, uh, former intern Graham, best friend of mine, joining us on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. We've talked about this before, Carter, but we got a couple minutes, and that's an interesting direction to go. How do you feel personally about a kid that's verbally committed to one school but is official visiting another school, attending a big camp weekend like this? I mean, is there a difference in your mind between an official visit and a camp like this? Or are you in the boat of, if you're committed to me, you better not be going anywhere else? Where do you stand on that? You know, I mean, in in modern college football, I don't think you can really restrict a kid from going on visits i mean if if a kid has official visits and he wants to go see it see somewhere i mean i don't have an issue with that um i mean to to an extent there is a line there where like if you are going on visits to places and constantly talking them up talking about how great it is how much you you love it how much you would you see yourself playing there yada 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 you don't want to be played for a fool and i think that in the Gus Malzahn era, that happened a few times. Um, I don't think in the Brian Harson era you ever landed any big enough guys to get the attention of these other big name schools where no. where that could happen to you. No, hundred percent. Kind of like oh, like okay, this guy who is probably twenty fifth on our board is going to Auburn. Yeah, I I just I don't know. I feel like just a verbal commit is a verbal commit, and I feel like. If you want, a kid should have the opportunity to make a a fully educated decision on what his life and his future holds. So, Graham, we appreciate the call. Generated good conversation. We'll talk about conference realignment and all the news that's been going on this week in college football when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We got some new music. I know I talked about it the other day, but we got some yeah, new music here in the show. Yeah, you for a loop, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I'm still getting a little you adjusted You put it in that. the deck of system. It threw uh, you for a loop. I know. I know. I'm the one that put it in there, and it still caught me off guard a little bit. But yeah, just changing it up a little bit, getting some new music, a little bit longer music there at the end of the uh, uh, bottom and top of the hour. Let us kind of uh, finish our thoughts there a little bit. But uh, 30 minutes into this first hour, and we've been talking about Big Cat Weekend and recruiting. We'll get back to that later on uh, in hour number two, but want to talk about the all of the news that's been going on this week around college football because we have yet to really talk about it, haven't had a chance to. We've had a lot of guests and, and stuff on this week, and so want to talk about all of the conference realignment news and really how it started this week was the fact that the news came out it's now set in stone it's happening the fact that Colorado is moving back to the Big 12 as early and it's happening in 2024 well yeah because the daggum Pac-12 couldn't lock up a media rights deal to lock their teams in yep because they were going to gamble on the fact that they were going to have and I, I said this either yesterday or the day before on the show they were going to gamble on the fact that, hey, we've got seven or eight of the top 20 quarterbacks in college football, so our league is going to be extremely exciting this year. The Pac-12 is going to be awesome this year. Pac-12, I'll take it a step farther than I've been saying this whole time. 
They're going to be the second best conference in college football. Mm. Top to bottom. Exciting in excitement or in comp- I'm competition? In, in excitement and then like depth of the overall league because there's four teams in that league that I think have a legitimate chance to make a college fo- football playoff. The Big Ten has two. The SEC has three. three. Yeah. Big 12 you has four out of the Big Pac-12? Big 12 has one, maybe two. And then the ACC has two. two. Who and then, you have four out of the Pac-12? Yeah. I think, I think Oregon can. I think USC can. I think Utah can. And I think Washington's going to be sneaky. I think Penix has a chance to go, like, nuclear this year. Have you ever thought that the Pac-12 was going <laughs> to... When was the last time that you personally had the Pac-12 with the most chances of a team getting in the playoff? I don't think they have, like, the the highest odds to make the playoff because I do think that there's going to be an aspect in that league of them beating each other up. Which is what's happened in the past to that conference. Also, keep in mind... DJU is at Oregon State. They're supposed to be better this year. I like the Beavers. They are supposed to be better this year. They're going to be right in that four, five, six range in that conference. UCLA is going to be more talented, I believe. And they've got that superstar, five-star quarterback coming in that if he comes in and balls out, they could be in that four, five, six range as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Arizona's going to be better. People are sleeping on Jaden DeLara. He is a really, really good player. I saw some quarterback list uh, today ranking the top 50 quarterbacks in college football. I had him 50. That's a joke. He is top 25. Top th- He's top 30, top 25, I think. Uh, and then Arizona State is going to be better. Cal, going to be better. Uh, Washington State, going to be better. You have Cam Ward there, yeah. the incarnate word transfer, who was pretty good last year. But he really could put it together this year. They could be an interesting team. I think they're in that seven eight spot in that league. But but that you league, said it. with the exception of with the exception of Stanford, everybody's going to be either really good at the top of that league or getting better. Even Colorado, right? It, but the problem is, you already said it is the fact that they're going to beat up on themselves. Yes, and them so and the Big Twelve do that worse than anybody any other conference in college football. That's why I don't believe necessarily they have the best odds to make the college football playoff because we know that history has proven that you can get two SEC teams. History has proven that you can get two Big Ten teams. You're more than likely going to get an ACC team because Clemson has shown that path again and again and again. I think it's going to be FSU this year. The Big 12, it wouldn't shock me if the Big 12 doesn't get anybody. And the it only one shock I me, think it wouldn't would shock be... me if the Pac-12 beats, beats each other up mm-hmm. and clears a path for, are you ready for this? College football's not ready for it. U-T-S-A. It's not happening. UTSA could Cincinnati this thing this year, but they won't. If the, if if they go to Tennessee, and I know you're you're saying there's no chance of that, they can hang with that Tennessee team. They can hang with that Tennessee team if they beat Tennessee somehow. They're gonna win that league because they're gonna be the best team in the American. Tulane can give them a fight. Absolutely, they can. But if they if they run through the American, win the American, and have a win over Tennessee, they're in. They're in. No if, ands, or buts about it. But I don't know if I agree on that. I really don't because I still think it would be a different scenario than what Cincinnati did because Cincinnati had been threatening for years and it finally happened for them. Whereas on and two this year, I think that 
Georgia is going to be up there. I think LSU could be up there. I think Ohio State and Michigan are going to be up there. If one team does separate themselves from the Pac-12, I think you could have an Oregon or a Utah make a threat for that if, again, they don't beat themselves up and nobody, if an Oregon doesn't have a a late season loss like they tend to always do. Uh, If Florida State or Clemson have a great year in the ACC, which is very possible because that conference is garbage, or if Texas is actually back and they decide to roll through the Big 12 in their final year, I think there's going to be too many good teams outside of a smaller team like that. I I, I just think that the path can line up in the Pac-12 for them all to knock each other. I mean, if this was a 12-team playoff, you're 100% We've seen Utah win that league with two, three losses each of the last two years, and they weren't, they didn't have a chance because they had too many losses to make the playoff. If you don't have a legitimate one loss or fewer Pac-12 champion, I don't think that that team gets in. And I think that we've shown that. I think the ACC, if FSU loses to LSU and then loses another game in there and then wins the league, I think a two-loss ACC team... If you had an undefeated UTSA team that went on the road and beat Tennessee, a Tennessee team that will potentially could finish top two or two in the SC East, if that happens and the ACC has a two-loss champion, the Big 12 has a... I'm tempted to say the Big 12, even if you have a one-loss champion, because I just feel like that league is so down this year. I think a one-loss Big 10, a, a, Big yeah, 12 champion, Texas probably, would get in. Probably, it, especially if it's Texas, because it's a giant brand. But what if you get what if you get two lost champions in those three leagues? Because I think you can. I think you can, because I'm not sold on Texas being elite enough. I think they're going to win that league. I'm not sold on them being elite enough to crack that top four right now. The Pac-12 has four teams that can do it. But they're all going to knock each other out, and there's still some really frisky teams in that league that can hand out a loss or two in some bad spots. Mm-hmm. ACC, it's a two-horse race, and we already know I've got Duke beating Clemson in week one. So I, like, I, I think that there is a path that can easily play out for you for an undefeated UTSA to make the playoff. If all of those things happen, then yes, yes. there may be a path. I don't think all of those things happen. But I, I, I will tell you this. If UTSA goes undefeated this year, if they're not fourth, they'll be fifth. They'll be, they'll be right there on the edge. I guess we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see. But uh, to, to, to loop back to the original conversation... Turn your mic back on, brother. My, sorry about that. My final question I do have here. Would a UTSA win going on the road to Tennessee this year be more impressive than Cincinnati in 2021 going to Notre Dame? It was an 11-2 Notre Dame team, but again, they weren't playing in the SEC. They didn't have to play uh, Georgia. They, didn't, they had to play a down USC team. Uh, they really did not have a hard schedule at all looking at it. It would be more impressive. So UTSA beating Tennessee on the road? Yeah. I tend to agree. I know that I have Notre Dame friends that would curse me out for saying this. And here's why I say that. Put this year's Tennessee team that I haven't even seen on the field yet, put them on the field with that Notre Dame team a couple years ago, and this Tennessee team would win. That Notre Dame team, keep in mind, they almost got in the playoff too. Yeah. They They were in the discussion when Brian Kelly took the 
LSU job where with a real scenario where things break out where they make it yeah well I, I think if UTSA were to do that beat Tennessee on the road that would be a bigger better win than Cincinnati going on the road and beating Notre Dame because now that Cincinnati is a power five school I think you kind of realize that Cincinnati had gotten to that point where they were bigger than the pants they were wearing and they were basically a power five school that hadn't made the jump yet now to that point before we get back to the conference realignments I will say Doug made a good point on his show the other day I was listening to it and they were talking about this conference realignment stuff and he made a statement that I think is true he said just because a group of five team makes the jump to power five doesn't automatically make you a power five team and what he meant by that and what I think he means by that is just because BYU is going from the group of five to the power five doesn't mean you're going to be able to compete and hang with power five schools on a weekend week out basis to start off and I think he's 100% right yes I think Cincinnati was a power five team that was playing group of five football yeah I agree and I think they are a power five school now UTSA is not though I they are still a group of five team they are not power five level football I think that they're they're every bit as capable this year as that Cincinnati team was. Maybe year. this year, but I don't think on a consistent basis like the Bearcats had gotten to. I mean, if they if they got an opportunity to join the Big Twelve, or heck, if you're the Dagum Pac twelve and you're like, you may I've be giving throw, them a call. I've got to throw a life raft to somebody to stay alive. Yeah, I'm calling them up because you might. look in the new version of the Pac twelve. UTSA is the top half team in that league, I think, right now. Because Jeff Trailer's that good of a coach, man. In a four-year window, would you say that same statement? Not yeah, just this year, in a four-year window. It, brother, he's, he has sustained it. It has been unbelievable what, what uh, he has done year in, year out at UTSA. I know he's stepping up to a bigger league, but they're the best team in that daggum American this year. Um, and I think that it's it's... I'm, I, I will look up their, their record by, by year because I know that, that Sports Reference will, will have it for me. All right, so they've been an FBS team, by the way, since 2012. Uh, since Jeff Trailer's gotten there, he has gone 7-5 and five in year one, 12-2, and 11-3, and three, and then they're going to win the American this year. That's kind of the path that you had Luke Fickle's Cincinnati program on. Cincinnati had been up in the FBS level for a lot longer. They're a brand that people knew more often. But if Jeff Trailer is one of the best coaches in this country, and he is really daggum good at building up a place like UTSA with his connections in that state, I think I'm not going to say that they have the ceiling of Cincinnati as a P5 team. But I think with Jeff Trailer, UTSA is a P5 caliber team. Well, that brings up a question, too. How long is he going to be there? If he keeps He's doing got that this, enormous daggum contract. Yeah, so I'm, but I'm it curious. doesn't matter. That's not going to stop a big time actual Power Five school from saying, "Hey, come and turn our program around. Come and turn around whatever program you know, whatever enter big Power Five school name that's been bad for." 10 years i mean i think he's the highest paid coach he might be the highest paid coach in in g5 maybe gus maybe gus i don't know i'm not 100 sure what gus is making he is making more money he's making half a million dollars more than gus is at at ucf right Good now. for him he's making 2.8 <laughs> a year at at utsa is a ton well ucf no longer a group of five you're right you're right oh god i've totally forgot about that holy mm-hmm. cow mm-hmm 
Gus Malzahn, back in the P5, baby. Back in the Power 5. Sure. <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> well, I, I'm with you. I understand the UTSA love. I love that I, we've, I think, we, we started talking about conference realignment and get went off on this tangent. Yeah, it, it happens. It happens <laughs> on a Friday. Well, we'll talk conference realignment when we come back. We'll wrap up hour number one talking about Colorado. How about Florida State looking to leave the ACC? What other schools could be looking to leave their conference? And who's going to be left in the dust? We'll talk about that when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up the first hour, talking uh, college football conference realignment, and we'll talk some more about it as we get into hour number two as well. I know we uh, we got on a, a different path of conversation but it was a good path of conversation and I'm always free and open to do that uh what what we have started with is um we know the conferences are changing right Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC UCLA USC which I still keep forgetting about until I see something and get reminded of it they're going to the Big Ten and now you have a team returning to the conference it was in for a long, long time, a conference that they left about 13 years ago. Colorado is leaving the Pac-12 to go back to the Big 12, and that is official. They will be there in 2024. So you said that that's what kicked this off. I will go to my grave thinking about how it was actually... Brutus the Buckeye. Brutus Buckeye posting a picture <laughs> with the Oregon Duck with all caps big you know like the big 10 logo big things coming or something along those lines that freaked colorado out to the to the to the point that they pulled the ripcord on the parachute and got the heck out of dodge and went back to the big 12 i love that i also love that they're going back to the big 12 they're like hey sorry remember about when that. we left a decade <laughs> ago yeah that was a prank. It was a joke. <laughs> We're back. Did you see Colorado's social media post about it? No, it was the Big 12. Oh, that's what it was. Back. It was the Big 12. It, was, it was the Bravo Big 12. Yes. Big 12 has done everything it needs to do to just sun the Pac-12 every opportunity they get. They made the post back when we all know the the historical document for Michael Jordan when he came back, right, when he came back to the game of basketball, and it was a very short statement, and it said, quote, I'm back. That's what the Big 12 posted yesterday to make the official announcement of Colorado coming back to the Big 12. I was like, that is genius. That is so good from the Big 12. Now, from a logistical standpoint, how much does this make sense for Colorado and how much does this make sense for the Big 12? It makes sense for Colorado in a ton of ways because the Pac-12 is crashing and burning as we know it and they are lying through their teeth and they don't even know what's coming. They, they can't even keep teams in their conference. They're confident that they're keeping them and then teams are leaving left and right. And so the Pac-12 is going to crash. It's going to crumble and it will not exist. For the Big 12, how much value are you adding in with Colorado they were there before the momentum and the hype is there right now of course with Deion Sanders but how much is the Big 12 getting with Colorado you're getting a I think there's school, two different answers here a school that theoretically um should be on the rise um because of Deion Sanders yes but also because of the kind of population boom in Colorado and therefore like recruiting should tick up in all these different sports. 
couldn't tell. I don't know a daggum thing about them as far as like a. I know that they're in not a great basketball program, but no. and they're. I don't even know what the baseball program. Uh, the, Which the, probably tells you all you need to know. I mean, I, I, I'm curious. It makes sense from all sides. Again, I don't think the Why Big don't Twelve. I feel like they don't have a baseball team. They do not have a baseball team. Well, there you go. Then they're probably not making any money off of it if it doesn't exist. They also don't have a softball team. Interesting. How I wonder. Is that a weather thing? You want to know why? Because they have something that makes a lot of sense that not a lot of other teams have. They have hockey, skiing. Really? They have skiing teams. They do not have hockey. How about that? How many teams... Colorado doesn't have a hockey team, but they have a skiing team? How many teams participate in NCAA skiing? That's a great question. I have no idea. Like like equestrian, there's like 25. There's schools. a handful, yeah. I am I bet it's less than equestrian. By the way, uh, current champions in the skiing world... My Utah Utes won their fifteenth national championship in skiing this past year. Fifteenth, they're the <laughs> Auburn of a, they're the Auburn equestrian of skiing. Then Colorado has the most individual skiing national championships with ninety five. I was going to ask if that's how that works. If you have individual, it's, it's, head it's, team. it's like golf. I think yeah. it's like golf and swimming. That makes sense. How about it? The more, the more you know, man. Wow, look at us, look at us spitting out <laughs> facts on a Friday, huh? Learning oh, things. We're goodness. learning new things every day on this program, and that's why you should tune in every day because you never know what you're gonna learn. Um, so with Colorado's skiing program, maybe that'll make the Big Twelve some money. I don't know, <laughs> but with football, I think a lot of it has to do with if Deion Sanders truly turns that program around and what that's going to look like. Um, if he turns it around in, in Colorado, somehow, some way becomes a relevant program once again in this in college football, then yeah, the Big 12 is going to make some good money off of them. Um, looking around, I know we're about to get to break. And again, we'll talk about this at the top of the hour in hour number two. Other schools are looking to leave, man. The Pac-12 is not done losing teams. Other conferences are not done losing teams. And how does all this impact the SEC and Auburn? That's coming up in hour number two. 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. Hour number two of the Friday edition of On the Line. Coming up. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. Uh, sometime this weekend, if you'd like to, uh, you can go to ESPNAU.com. Just click on the podcast center. It'll be up there right after the show, commercial free, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we talked about Big Cat Weekend. Uh, and what that could look like we'll talk some more about that here in hour number two Uh, we also we started talking conference realignment got sidetracked and talking about multiple different things still relevant to college football Uh, also uh, brought up a very uh, uncommon sport in NCAA and and got down a rabbit hole on that too so uh, if you missed any of the first hour there are 15 um, skiing teams that participate in NCAA affiliated skiing championships yep there you go so if you want to hear more about that you can go check out the podcast for the first hour <laughs> espnau.com so that's what happens in our in between the breaks research it's pretty great yeah which is less than equestrian which is what i said it probably would be which makes sense yeah because i feel like there's it's easier to have horses easier to ride than, a horse than, than go skiing it's easier to Bring it's a horse somewhere than it is to bring a mountain somewhere. More accessible. You know, that's what we're looking for. More <laughs> accessible. So, uh, yes, all of that in hour number one. Here in hour number two, though, phone lines are still open. Uh, 334-321-1390, whatever you want to talk about on a Friday afternoon. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines. We're going to talk conference realignments some more, actually talk about conference realignments and how that's going to impact college football. More importantly, how it's going to impact the SEC and Auburn specifically. So that's what's coming coming up here in the next couple of minutes and then uh, as we wrap up the show wrap up the week uh, we'll talk about big cat weekend and what the expectations are for that but again give us a call 334-321-1390 carter with conference realignment it seems like uh, the news of Colorado officially joining the Big 12. This will be their last year in the Pac-12. Uh, they will join uh, their old conference, their previous conference coming up in 2024. Um it seems like with that, uh, it's exciting for them, I guess. I don't think many people on this side of the country really care. But here's why you should care. Because this is just another its another piece of the puzzle that has gone in that conferences are changing. College football is changing. The looks and narratives of it are changing as we know it. Uh, We've seen, of course, Texas, Oklahoma coming to the SEC, UCLA, USC going to the Big Ten. Now you have Colorado leaving the Pac-12. I don't think they're the last team to go. I think there's another sneaky team out of the Pac-12 that will be leaving very, very soon. A big-time program out of that conference that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. I think Washington could be the next team to go. I think they are a big program. I think Washington and Oregon are both out. They're going eventually, somewhere. yes. But I think Washington's the next one to go. And I think <laughs> Oregon, you have to go. Oregon has to leave that conference if they want to retain their relevancy in college football. Because look, I said this in the first hour. The Pac twelve is not going to exist. Teams like UNLV are not going to save that conference. They're just not. And if they do survive, it won't be on a Power 5, Power 3, Power 2 level, whatever the heck is going to happen. They will not be a relevant conference in this in, in this sport anymore. And for Oregon, Washington, 
Um, you're already seeing UCLA and USC uh, hit the road. I think for those other two schools, you have to get out. And whether they go and play in a massive Big Ten, or, which would make yeah. the most sense, I think, um, or whether the Big 12 can find a way to do it, I don't know. But I think those two teams are going to leave eventually. But yeah, I think Washington, that's my prediction. I think Washington's the next team to leave the Pac-12. I um, I think you're going to see some teams try to jump to the Big 12. That Some of the teams that are a little less sure about their future. I think Washington and Oregon, I think you can rest easy knowing that like somebody's going to take you. And it's probably going to be the Big Ten, logically. That feels... It just feels like the right place because, to go. Well, because it all of a sudden, it expands that Big Ten footprint a little more. You all of a sudden have... You can go the whole uh, West Coast uh, if you add those two. And... Yeah, making Keep decisions based off of your geographical location, that was all thrown out the window when UCLA and USC said, let's go to the Big Ten. Think, think, <laughs> like, about, think about how much easier it would make it for scheduling sports, sporting events and stuff to have almost like a little pocket of West Coast schools mm-hmm. that you don't necessarily have to send USC and UCLA to the East Coast every other week. And you don't have to send a team... It makes it easier for you, I think, with scheduling sports, uh, scheduling football. Like, like I, I, what I'm curious about is when, when USC and UCLA take their first trips to Rutgers and have another East. Say they say they play Maryland the following week or something. Are they going to pull an NFL team and stay on the East Coast for a week? And are 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 these East Coast teams, when they go out West, and if they ever play USC and UCLA back-to-back, are they going to stay out West? Because I think you kind of have to. I've thought I about think, that. I think the idea of flying them back and forth all the time is not a good one, and it's not going to allow your athletes any success. Well, here's where I would push back on that, and not that, and I, this is terrible to say, but not that college football programs are really, really concerned with a student's education, because let's just be honest, their priorities are about football, but these kids are still in school, right? And it, it you is... Can, you can get around that. I, I easily. know. I know. That's the problem. That's Look, the problem. Because, I mean, we, there's... You still got class, man. There are scenarios where individual athletes that are traveling to all different events, some that you've heard of, some that the Auburn community has definitely heard of, Mm -hmm. they'll have a tutor or whatever, whatever they need, travel with them to these obligations all over the country. That already happens. To me, it'd be easy to do that with a football team. I don't think you have to take as many people out there, but you, or in almost like a with, team tutor with, or something with zoom, like that. with zoom classes and stuff like you can hitch your big tent pole classes that your guys are taking. You can have a tutor tutor the a group study session or something for, for all you care. Um, I mean, basically they would do just enough to avoid uh, avoid failure and avoid getting any unwanted attention when it comes to an athlete missing class or getting behind or anything well, like that. But I think it's you have to consider here's, that. Here's something to think about. Think about the SEC basketball tournament or the SEC baseball tournament. Like you're gone for a week. 
You're gone for like a full week. Yeah. Well, granted, ba- baseball's different because it's. I guess it's technically after the semester is over. For and a school. lot of times, but, but, the basketball the, tournament is in spring break for not all schools, but a lot of them. Well, Auburn is usually on spring break during that because when I was a student, it's either I would at the go. front end or the back end of spring break generally. But one off but, week but, isn't but a big deal. You you have well, yeah, exactly. I'm talking. You're thinking like weeks at a time. If if well, they no, go no, the route. I, so so what my in what I'm bringing up in this instance, say for the football team, if you had to go across the country and play back to back road games on the other side of the country, you could do it. You could do something very similar. Yeah. To what the because that's basically when. Auburn's basketball team and where when when Arkansas or Texas A&M's basketball team when they went to the SC tournament in Tampa, especially that A&M team that made a deep run in the SC tournament. Yeah, they were there for a while, and not not every SC school has the same spring break. Like some of no, those, some of those some of those schools are in session. You can yeah. figure out a way to get make that happen. No, I, I agree. But but I, but I think it makes it easier on you if you have that West Coast pocket. If you're the Big Ten, that's why I think. Logically, Washington and Oregon to the Big Ten. Uh, I saw I saw some a video resurface from I think March when the when the Pac-12 media rights thing started um, uh, dragging on. It's this girl who does like funny sports TikToks. I guess mm-hmm. she's like, what every Pac-12 school should do. Uh, she's like Washington, own it, go be a Big Ten team. Oregon. Or, well, no, no, I think it was Washington, like, go to the Big Ten crying, please, 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 please let us in. Oregon, send every athletic director and president in the Big Ten a little Nike care package of, <laughs> of she- running shoes and and athletic clothes and all that just to grease the uh, wheels a yeah, little bit. Just to, just to let them know you're coming. Well, I think for Oregon-Washington, Big Ten makes sense. Let me ask you about this school where reports are continuing to come out, and they have for years. This school is reportedly wanting to leave their current conference. How about the Florida State Seminoles trying to leave the ACC? They've been trying to leave for years, and it seems like they're now again trying to find out where in the world they can go and more importantly who in the world wants Florida State and I say that not in a negative bad way towards Florida State but the logical thing would be the SEC but you've brought up some really good points where a conference adds a team not because it would look pretty but because it's going to make them more money yes. and how much does Florida State like, bring you money wise compared to other schools mm-hmm. if we're going brands yes the SEC would add FSU and Clemson because the brands are the biggest. Miami, possibly. Miami, but I come back to Miami's just so dysfunctional right now. I think they've got to get right uh, before you you add them. I look at, say, the SEC network, something like that, because you want to try to get that in as many new homes as possible. So to me, I look at expanding to North Carolina, Virginia, so Vatek, Virginia, UNC. UNC is the biggest brand in that state that all of a sudden that that network is in these, the people in that state, their cable package. So the SC network all of a sudden gets a cut of that, and it's a bigger pie to distribute amongst the rest of the conference. What about the other way? What about Kansas? You get a whole state. I know Kansas is not a big league top tier. They're obviously P5 football. Basketball is their big thing. Would the SEC consider going to get the state of Kansas with the Jayhawks? 
Kansas feels more Big Ten to me than I agree. Than I 100 percent agree. SEC, and like I've like in my mind, I think there's going to be an all-out war between the Big Ten and SEC to land UNC when that time comes, and they're going to do the same thing for Notre Dame. But Notre Dame's a I know that they're technically a member of the ACC in every sport but football, but they're a Big Ten team. They are a Big Ten school. They are a Big Ten team. That's what's going to happen there. It's just a matter of when do these networks get tired of paying them a small Power 5 conference amount of money to air their games. <laughs> right. Because that's what they ask for on a yearly basis and right And then their marriage with NBC. Yes, which is which is what I'm, I'm right. referencing there. But, but I think that... <sighs> Do you? What does Kansas bring you in terms of? I don't know. Because you already have Kansas City with Missouri, so like, and, and I I know Kansas City is in Missouri. It's also in Kansas, but you already have that connection because of Missouri. I I'm just looking at the state thing, like you were talking about with Virginia or North Carolina. You're gaining an I, entire I, I wonder, state. I wonder if you if in cable networks. Because you you already lock into Kansas City and St. Louis through Missouri, do you kind of leak over into Kansas because of the state of Kansas City? Because it's like it's split between two states. Yeah, and and here's because another like, like the, the reason why I bring up North Carolina, the state in general, because you they you have to pay extra to get the SEC network, like like the mm-hmm. the same way that I have to pay for a sports package to get the Big Ten network to watch Northwestern stuff. Um, like you have to pay extra in the state of North Carolina to get the SEC network, despite the fact that the network is based in Charlotte. Yeah, which is one of the goofiest things ever. Because my brother used to live in Charlotte. I remember going up there and wanting to watch Auburn basketball games and go into a local sports bar and being like, "Oh, they don't have it." <laughs> right. It's like this is crazy. Yeah. It's like I can throw a rock and hit the SC Network building from here. And I think if if the SEC were to do that, you would almost want to go after Duke and North Carolina just to lock down the state in general. Um, but on the flip side, talking about Kansas, Carter, I would be I would be genuinely interested in taking a poll in the state of Kansas and asking what college football team they cheer for. How many people in the state of Kansas are truly Kansas fans? Because you have Kansas, you have Kansas State, you obviously have Texas, Oklahoma, all the other Big 12 schools that surround you, Missouri right there. I mean, what's the split in the state of Kansas when it comes to their fandom? In the physical state of Kansas, it's pretty heavy Kansas, Kansas State. Because just what I know about the city of Kansas City, that is, it's a three-way divide between Kansas, Kansas State, and Missouri. Right. Um, and so I would imagine the further you get away from Kansas City and you get deeper into the state of Kansas, Missouri's influence goes away. I truly don't know how big the Oklahoma influence would be. I, I, I just have no feel yeah. for that. And, that's, and I ask that because we were asking how much value would you get out of adding Kansas. I just don't know if there is value there. I don't know if it'd be worth it. I think going to the East Coast. It's a brand. Yeah, but I think the East Coast and, and, is better. And I think, it, I think it has more value to the Big Ten because you continue to build that kind of land bridge from your West Coast schools to your East Coast yeah. schools. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, quickly, uh, before we get to break, how does this impact Auburn in, in your mind in the next few years, whether we get to a big two? I've, I've seen some things about a big three. If like 
if the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and ACC just want to throw everything in a big mixing pot or something like that, how in the world does this impact Auburn? They're, they're going to be in the SEC. They're not going anywhere. But if the conference continues to grow, if they go past that locked-in number of 16 in the college football playoff we know is expanding, Auburn, could they get lost in the middle of all this? I don't know. It's just it's so dark right now. I think it's 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 vital to get up and running, get as good as you can immediately, um, and then I th- I think because that was a discussion uh, talking about getting lost in the shuffle of everything. Because real when when the Texas and Oklahoma news started to drop, it started to become a realization that hey, we might end up in a situation where. There's 35, 40 schools that are have an inside track to elite football, elite athletics, almost like a junior NFL, two super conferences, mm-hmm. um, AFC, NFC, which I think is what we're moving towards with the Big Ten and the SEC. You need to be as good as you can be as soon as possible right now in this era and sustain it because it's going to get very, very difficult to be really good for a long time uh, once we move, I think, inevitably to that version of intercollegiate athletics. And, I mean, I've talked about it before. I still think it's true. There's an evolution of conference realignment that we have not hit yet. And that is cutting teams loose. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll happen. And to piggyback off of what you said before we get to break, I think for a team like Auburn, who is building and trying to get their program back on track, trying to get this program back on track, you have to take advantage of that SEC logo on your jersey and on the football field because it's inevitable. As you add more teams, the the weight that the SEC logo carries will be diminished because it's not going to be the big conference because if the Big Ten keeps adding, it'll be matched. And as you water down with more and more teams, not saying you're adding bad ones, but as you add more teams to this conference, I think the weight of the SEC logo will not be as much as it's been in the past when it comes to recruiting. Like, hey, come play in the best conference in college football. There's five or six other options, but this is the best one. Whereas if we go down this inevitable road, you're going to have, well, you can come play for us, you can go play for them. It's 50-50, you can flip a coin. Like, You see what I'm saying there? Yes, but then also like, if you continue to just dominate football and you continue to dominate baseball and basketball's coming around more and more. I think this year's going to be a little bit of a down year. But, if, I mean, if you if you dominate the sports, I think you still maintain the the weight that the SEC carries and that, that that name, when you throw it around, what it means. We'll have question of the day when we come back. Looking toward the weekend, what are you looking forward to most in sports this weekend? We'll talk about that as the Friday edition of On the Line rolls on. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
question of the day here on the friday edition of on the line he's carter bird i'm jacob goins we do it every friday we have a question of the day almost every day but uh we do this on fridays looking toward the weekend uh what are you looking forward to most in sports this weekend carter we'd love to hear from our listeners as well 334-321-1390 what you got Big Cat Weekend. Big Cat Big Weekend. Cat Weekend. I want to see what this Auburn class looks like by the time Monday rolls around. I think it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Uh, I think that we could be looking at an Auburn class that's really starting to take shape and continues to make waves and um, maybe charging up those team rankings because for some reason that's like – it's one of the laziest – and dumbest takes that I've seen by opposing fan bases, rivals. Um, <laughs> this idea that, oh, like, congrats, Auburn landed DeMarcus Riddick, but their class is still on par with Vanderbilt. Yeah, because of number of commits right now. Sure. Auburn's got, what, 12 commits? Um Okay, let's look at the average recruit ranking according to 247. Because Auburn's sixth in that. Sixth in the nation, not in the SEC, in the nation. It's true quality over quantity right now. Yeah, and I think that's going to continue. And as they land three, four more guys in this class over the weekend and into next week, I think uh, some messages are going to be sent about the way things are going to work here in the SEC with Hugh Freeze operating at full capacity where he's not limited by the glass ceiling of Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss, like, you you can recruit at a really high level because he did it. Yeah, maybe it wasn't legal all the time, which all that stuff's legal now, so okay. You can tell me all about, well, like, he, he paid recruits. Okay, so does everybody else so did everybody else um but you've kind of you've it's like in a car you've taken the governor off of Hugh Freeze and his staff and he can really open it up and let it eat and I think that's what you're starting to see yeah big cat's going to be big this weekend we'll talk about it uh coming up in a few minutes at 3 30 uh what I'm looking forward to the most this weekend in sports that is uh two things one The UFC event this weekend on Saturday, tomorrow night, the UFC card is unbelievable. It is one of the best I've seen in a very, very long time. Um, I'm excited for it, but I don't know how much I'll get to watch it. I won't get to watch many of the prelims. I'm hoping to get to watch the actual main event uh, because I, I talked about this in the first hour, I'm going to Atlanta this weekend. I will be in Atlanta. I'll be seeing the Braves play tomorrow night as they welcome the Milwaukee Brewers to town. Uh, It's the first time I've been to a Braves game in multiple years. I teased this earlier. Carter, the last game that I went to for the Atlanta Braves, do you know which one it was? It was the divisional series game against the Dodgers Uh, when Acuna hit the Grand Slam. Got you. I I was there for that. I thought you were going to say the wild card game against the Cardinals or the infield fly roll game. I probably would never go back if I was there for that one. That one was watching that (laughs) live. Or the other Braves game against the Cardinals where it was the deciding game and the Cardinals came out and jumped all over the Braves in the first inning. Do you remember that? Where they just absolutely put it on them and it was over before it even started. Hmm. But no, last game I went to for the Braves was the DS against the Dodgers when Acuna 
hit the hardest, loudest, biggest Grand Slam I've ever seen in my entire life. So I'll be in Atlanta this weekend, excited for it, uh, for, the Bra- for the Braves taking on the Milwaukee Brewers. But, hey, when we come back, we'll talk some more about Big Cat Weekend. Who's here? Who could commit? How many will commit? Plus, talk about some of those fan bases that Carter was mentioning on why, why these guys are picking Auburn and why some fan bases just can't get over it. We'll talk about that when we come back. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on a Friday afternoon on ESPN 106.7. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds. Not the back, he's Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins with you in the studio. Well, of course, Big Cat Weekend uh, starting pretty much right now. Kids coming into campus uh, starting today. Tomorrow is the day, though, for Big Cat Weekend, and then everybody will be dipping out later tomorrow night and on Sunday. I believe I saw somewhere that uh, Perry Thompson is already on campus. So there you go. One of the uh, biggest names that'll be on campus, biggest recruits that'll be on campus this weekend, um, and, and one of the uh, biggest hopefuls uh, for Auburn and Auburn fans that are uh, hoping he flips his commitment from Alabama to Auburn this weekend at Big Cat Weekend. And so what are your thoughts on Big Cat? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, what are you expecting to hear uh, from the Plains this weekend about uh, commitments? What would what would please Auburn fans on a success? What would make a successful weekend in your eyes for Big Cat Weekend? 334-321-1390. I want to read through the list of everybody that's going to be here this weekend. It's going to take me a minute because there's a lot of names on here, okay? Starting in 2024, and this goes from five-star down to four-star down to three-stars, and then 2025s, there's a couple 2026s and a 2027, okay? Starting with five-stars in 2024, K.J. Bolden, Perry Thompson, and Demarcus Riddick, who of course just committed to Auburn a few days ago. Then you get to four-stars in 2024. The quarterback, Walker White, Joseph Phillips, uh, Kinsley Faustin, Amon Lane, Jaden Lewis, Fat Burnett, Jalen Crawford. All of those are Auburn commits, by the way. Bradley Shaw, the four-star linebacker. DeAndre Carter coming from California. We've talked a lot about that and what that could mean. Uh, Jalewis Solomon, uh, Zaquan Patterson, uh, Malcolm Simmons, Duke Watson, Martavius Collins, now down into the three stars. Uh, D'Angelo Barber, Malik Blockton, Bryce Kane, the wide receiver. He's an Auburn commit. A lot of these guys are Auburn commits. Uh, Reese Baker and Dimitri Nicholas. Those are all the 2020 four guys that are going to be here then in 2025 starting with four stars Malik Autry from Opelika he's an Auburn commit Ja'Caleb Falk uh you have Jaden Perlot I believe is how you pronounce that could be wrong yes okay CJ May uh Derek Smith Jared Smith uh Kevin Otis Wayden Charles uh Jordan Crawford uh you have how about that Jarkobi Hobson it's Jarkobi, I like that. Interesting. Uh, Devin Williams, Kamari Williams, Spencer Dowland, uh, Dalen Upshaw, Grayshawn Swain, Mal Waldrop, Tavares Dice, Jayan Simon, and Jatavian Pierce. 
Okay, those are all the 2025s. Then you have two in 2026, Keenan Britt and uh, Hezekiah Harris. And 2027, Trent Seaburn, the very, very talented quarterback from Thompson uh, that won a state championship as an eighth grader last year. So that's a lot of that's a lot of dudes that are going to be on campus this weekend. Carter. Right, man. It's going to be it's like uh, like I've hinted at for a while. I think this is the biggest recruiting two weeks in Auburn football history. I think that it's huge. I mean, the you look at the names, you look at the amount of star talent, three five stars in the 24 class. Uh, I mean, what, 15-looking four stars. Uh, 25 class, you've got 15 or more four stars as well. Um, and you've got, I mean, you've got – Seaburn, who's going to be a very high four-star, probably five-star caliber guy when it comes to that point in time. But these are extremely highly rated players. Guys like Malcolm Simmons uh, could be a guy that adds to this class. Bradley Shaw, DeAndre Carter, Jalewis Solomon. He is announcing August 5th. These are names that you could see wearing orange and blue very soon. Perry Thompson, uh, K.J. Bolton, I think that's August 5th as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look, you've got names here of guys who can come in and make significant impacts at Auburn. Uh, Duke Watson, a guy committed to to Louisville, four-star running back. He's a stud, man. It's not very often that Louisville lands guys from the state of Georgia, especially if you're a highly rated four-star running back. Would not shock me if Duke Watson ended up being the second back in Auburn's class. Because we know Auburn's looking to add two. Reese Baker, uh, Madison Academy kid, somebody who could commit this weekend. Dimitri uh, Nicholas, the three-star defensive tackle from down in Florida. He's another one. Uh, J. Caleb Falk, there's an Auburn legacy that could be on the commit list by the end of the weekend. Uh, I mean, you've got guys who who – in both classes, could join these classes and continue to build that momentum that Hugh Freeze and the staff have rolling. It's an exciting time, man. It really, really is. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this weekend shakes up and how things shape up here over the next uh, calendar year or so. Well, well, let me ask you this. I've I've posed this to our listeners, and we'd love to hear from you on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. What would, in your mind, what would a successful weekend look like? If we're when we're sitting here in the studio on Monday, you and me, sitting here in the studio on Monday talking about Big Cat Weekend, what would what would a successful conversation sound like between you and me in this studio on Monday afternoon? Perry Thompson, Malcolm Simmons, uh, DeAndre Carter, and maybe Reese Baker all hop on hop in the boat, and you pick up f- four commits, and all of a sudden you're talking about a class that it becomes real for everybody nationally. Oh wow, this is a top ten caliber class. It just depends on the amount of numbers that Auburn takes. That's what I'm looking forward to. Um, I think that's a good estimate. I think you will get – look, I'll be honest. I think Perry Thompson's going to flip. I do. I think I do my, well. my personal just gut feeling based off of the feelings I've heard and been told and just 
going into it, my personal opinion, I think the five-star receiver is going to flip this weekend to Auburn. And given that, plus the other guys that I think could or will commit, I'm ready to see the reaction around college football and especially around this conference in this state in the state next door um you saw what it was like when uh when you had a commitment of a five-star just a couple of days ago um and how this state and some of the fans around here reacted when demarcus riddick committed when he flipped from georgia and picked auburn over alabama fans lost their minds alabama and georgia fans lost their minds which is it's got to be nice for the auburn fan base to be able to sit here right now and watch opposing fan bases get really upset really butthurt and cry and whine and accuse you of cheating and uh, accuse you of throwing the biggest NIL bag at these kids and buying players and all this. Man, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Because Auburn finally has ammo. They finally have something they can use. You have alignment, and you've got a coach who's been there, done that. He's won in this league. Uh, He's Yes, look, we can talk about his SEC record at Ole Miss. What everybody forgets when you try to throw that at Auburn fans or at Hugh Freeze, it's Ole Miss, y'all. Ole Miss has never won the West. It's Oxford, Mississippi. In fact, I think they they had a year where they were co-SEC West champions but lost the tiebreaker. I think it was an Eli Manning year. And hung a banner that said "Co-SEC West Champions." They and took got it down. Clown so hard they had to take it down. Speaking of Manning, did you see they just opened up their new Manning football facility or whatever over in Oxford? They just opened up a whole new football wing, and it's Manning something something. I mean, of course, his name. I'm, it doesn't look anything like Auburn. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't Not look at all. Nearly as good as Auburn. No, it looks bare bones. But they opened something up. I had somebody say that Thompson's got better stuff than that. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that is that's brutal. Um, but no, I'm I'm ready for this weekend, and really, what I hope to be a consistent factor and a consistent thing of other fan bases getting butt hurt because you know what? God forbid, right? God forbid a high school player in the state of Alabama want to go and play for one of the biggest schools in the state and one of the biggest schools in the country. Like he, Auburn didn't cheat to get. Demarcus Riddick. Auburn didn't steal and slime their way to Demarcus Riddick. Let's be real. I mean, it's also like, if you want to cry NIL, everybody's doing it, and NIL is legal now. Right, and do not sit there if you're a Georgia or Alabama person and tell me, well, we didn't really want him anyway. That's you know what. That's wrong, because you wanted him bad. Everybody wanted him really, really bad, and Auburn just happened to beat you. Auburn beat you, and Hugh Freeze beat you as well. And what I hope is that that is a consistency over the next couple of years. And I think that will happen. I think you will see that, especially after this weekend. 
Uh, I think this is going to be a consistent factor over the next three to four years. If you can get the wins on the field, I got to keep telling you that as long as Auburn can keep getting the wins on the field, I think you will see this happen as we go. So um, we're going to get to the phone lines in just a second. We must have said something that uh, got people all riled up. We got we got three people on the line, so we're going to try and get through these as quickly as possible. Terry, you're up first, man. What you got? Hey, guys, I, I just think Auburn's two biggest rivals are terrified right now because they finally got somebody that can can do it. And, and they took advantage of the fact that Malzahn really didn't care. And Brian Arson could have recruited a rubber plug to a bathtub. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that simple. So, I don't I don't know that he cared very much. But Alabama doesn't have a quarterback, and, and uh, he's not one that's proven. And they, they, a lot of Alabama fans feel it's slipping away. And it's not. Be proud of the great run you've had. It's, it's a lot to accomplish. Yeah, well, there's no doubt that those two schools, especially Alabama, took advantage of Auburn being Auburn being up and down inconsistent for years and years. You better believe and it. By the way, did. guys, what else are the fine bomb callers going to do? <laughs> Take care, guys. <laughs> Appreciate the call, Terry. Good to hear from you. 334-321-1390. We have AJ now on the line. What's up? Hey, um, so I, Terry pretty much said what I was going to say. Um, I think another thing that really helped us with Reddick is that the Bama fans um, that were, like, basically, I guess, throwing him under the bus and throwing dirt on his name mm-hmm. really helped us because they put it on uh, on social media and everything. Which the players so, see. The players hear it. They read it. They see it. Their family see it. And that impacts their decision. And I think Auburn has been on the wrong end of that a lot of times, too, AJ. Yes, and I completely agree. But I will say this, War Eagle, till I die. Hey, hey, I love, love it, man. AJ. I love think it, that's AJ. great. Love the energy, man. 334-321-1390. Appreciate the call. We're pumping out calls. Shane, you're on the line, man. What you got? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing y'all, good. Y'all take a break real quick? Uh, no, you got you got time. Go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to uh, chime in on all this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, it's the same as when – Alabama in particular um, will lose a game. I mean, God forbid they lose a game. But it, there's, there's so many excuses like, well, you know, our guys, we, we were already going to make the playoffs. Or, we, you know, this is some excuse as why that. It couldn't be somebody else beat you. It, it, yeah. it can't be we, we beat them in recruiting this one time. Um, it's got to, I don't know, it's, it's a lot of butt hurts, and they're going to have to get used to it i have a feeling that um you know maybe get one of those little cushions or something to sit on so one of the little donuts <laughs> one of the little donuts there you go i love it yes oh i love it years to come guys War Eagle. yeah appreciate, the appreciate call, it, shane appreciate the call well we did we got them fired up i love it i love it on a friday afternoon because it's true it's true. Dude, it's, it feels it's, different. It feels different than it has a long time. I think you can point back to maybe 2017, maybe when yeah. you landed Stidham. Uh, I guess 2018, maybe because you were supposed to be better than you were. Um, you had hype going into 15 because everybody thought Jeremy Johnson was going to be a Heisman winner. You had you hype actually, going into 14. You were, you were you were picked to win the uh, SEC at Media Days, but not to win the West. And we, he was a he up. was a Heisman favorite too. Uh, by yes, the way. and I mean 14. You returned Nick Marshall and them. Like you're coming off a national championship game appearance. You had the 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 hype, but you're not going to be a national championship caliber team this year. You're not going to be picked by anybody to be a national championship caliber team this year. But coming from the lows that you were at under Brian Harson, coming from 
because it was as low as it gets. It was rock bottom. I thought, I thought 2012 was rock bottom. I did. I think I think Harson was worse. I agree. That's what I'm saying. Is that Harson's tenure was somehow worse than the worst season in Auburn history. But I mean, with that in mind, it feels like you're building something right now. It feels like you're on the front end of what could be a resurgence and a sustained resurgence where you didn't have that with Malzahn. And in either one of the 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 spikes, the 13-14 spike, you weren't able to s- sustain it because you didn't recruit the offensive line. Same thing when you got to the end of, you got to 17 and even 19 to an extent. You weren't able to sustain that because you weren't recruiting the trenches. Well, you've retooled the trenches already this year through the portal. You're recruiting at a level that you never recruited at. Even 2010, like you were recruiting really, really well, but I don't think you had a coach and a staff that could hold it all together team chemistry-wise. You've got a coach who's been able to do that before here in Hugh Freeze. You've got a staff full of guys who've been here, done it at, at a very high level, at Auburn, in Cadillac, Zach Etheridge, guys like that around this program. Uh, Weston McGriffs, this is his second tenure. He's been around this place. You've got a lot going for you, and I think this staff is going to be capable of holding this roster together while recruiting at a level we've never seen. The things that Hugh Freeze and this staff have done off the field in the short amount of time they've been here It has the Auburn fan base, the Auburn family, Auburn University, Auburn athletics, and Auburn football. It has them aligned to the point that I have not seen in a long, long time. The alignment right now, something we were worried about a year ago at this time, where the fan base was split after the Penn State game. Everybody was turned on the program. Every team in the conference was turned on this program. The alignment inside the city, across the state, and Auburn fans across the country have finally come together. Even the ones that didn't want Hugh Freeze originally. I feel like most of them have come around and said, okay, we're behind this guy. We're behind this guy, and we haven't even played a game yet. Imagine what's going to happen when Auburn wins eight games this year, when Auburn's in the game with Alabama, when Auburn can show they can play with Georgia, and they win a bowl game. And they start landing five-star commits week in and week out. Imagine the alignment that's going to happen when those things start happening. We'll take a phone call and get to a break when we come back and wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app few minutes remaining here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines one more time quickly. And, James, you're on the line. What's up, man? Hey, guys. I loved that conversation today. I agree with mostly everything. There was one thing that y'all were talking about that I don't know if I totally agree with. Okay. Y'all were talking about where it may come to a point to where these super conferences may want to get rid of teams. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But at the same time, too, and I think the powers that be – that are in charge of college football understand you can't bite the hand that feeds you. What I mean by that, you can't go to this super conference thing where it's only like USC, UCLA, Washington, Oregon, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Miami, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and 
probably a few other elite powers, mm-hmm. and everybody else gets cut out. That's because if you do that, you've destroyed college football, and that's not what it's about. Well, so, I, I think they're going to do whatever makes them the most money. Unfortunately, I agree with that. I, I I think that it this just becomes a money game at some point, and I just I don't think it looks great if you're if you're hoping for uh, maybe if you're hoping that it stays a very national sport and you've got all these conferences. I think we're headed to two giant conferences, and I think that's just the way it's going to be because these conferences want to make the most money. Yeah. I just don't, I just, I don't see how you make one big conference. Now, two big conferences where it's just Pac-10, SEC is the two super conferences, I can understand that. That makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you make more money that way. I could see us doing an Arizona an Arizona State, and then a North Carolina and Virginia school, possibly a Miami and a Clemson, added to the conference, and now you have solidified the SEC mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. I can understand that, but you can't – I don't know. I've heard some crazy stories from people, especially some over on the other side of the state, that talk about, well, we just want an elite conference where it's just us elite and – the rest of y'all go fly a kite somewhere. Right. Well, I, I mean, you gotta you gotta have competition. That's the biggest thing. You gotta have competition, yeah. and I think that's why you'll see a multi conference system. James, we appreciate the call, man. Thank you, brother. That is James, who will wrap up the show for us on the phone lines three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Um, great show today, man. Great show today. Talking about conference realignments. Talking about our uh, weekends and what we're watching, and of course, Big Cat. Keep an eye out this weekend, folks. I think this time come Monday, we're going to have some fun on this program on ESPN talking about what could be a massive recruiting weekend for Hugh Freeze and Auburn football. If you missed any of the show, go catch up with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. And until Monday, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.